Introduction. Being a nerd is not always easy. There are times when the world around you seems to be dancing to its own tune. You're on the outside, unable to understand. Sometimes you're alive for the party because you've vast and unconventional displays of knowledge. As other times you're on the outside of the arrogant arse who is making a fool of himself simply by trying to share some tidbit of trivia that excites you. The problem often is you take pleasure from things that seem inconceivable to the general masses. Unfortunately, when you get excited by an Easter egg discovered in a video game or book, everyone else just thinks you're a buffoon. Or worse, when you demonstrate your vast knowledge of the workings of the legal system of Halamubari, your family thinks that you are taken, trying to make them all look stupid. Being a nerd is hard work, and unfortunately the work is really respected. Luckily for us nerds, we're a tribal bunch, and our time seems to be on the rise. Maybe next decade will prove to be the decade of the nerd. It certainly appears that being a nerd is more popular today than ever before. Chapter 1. The sound of a running engine gives off the illusion that the dark forest was lively. The trees were dark brown, almost black, and the leaves were dull green colour. I made them look even creepier. A strong gust of wind shattered the omnipotence, yet unmoving painting the forest it had created. And for the first moment since a long trip, there was movement around. No longer did a young girl in a car feel like she was stuck in an endless loop of rocky path leading to nowhere. Soft hands were placed against the cool window, bright lights curiously glancing around and searching something interesting. There was a phone next to her. Its tiny blue light had turned red, signifying he had no battery. The device was placed on top of a black leather school bag with a small golden badge on the side. The badge showed the name of the school the girl was going to start going to, St. Ambrose. A tired sigh escaped the girl's lips and she almost dozed off until she heard her name. Eco, sweetie, we're here. A female voice spoke out. The woman, Eco's mother, craned her neck to the side of the that she looked so that she could look at her. Thin crimson lips pursed in a excited smile. The expression made the girl look forward to starting school again. The sounds of the car slowly faded away, and Nico saw the dread trees stop moving. The girl ran a hand over her face as if she could help as if it would help the fight of the evident exhaustion of a long car ride and shifted away from the window. Finally, she groaned, grumbled out, I thought we'd be stuck in a road forever. Nonsense, darling. The woman quietly chuckled before opening the door. Her heels clicked against the hard ground as she made her way to the back of the car in order to pull out her daughter's hat showcase. It wasn't something, anything special except for the multiple Call the World Warrior and Circles and Drake stickers. Eco was a bit of a gamer. I can't believe my little girl is all grown up now. The woman continued, voice shaky and much weaker than before. A thin and bony fingers were tightly clutching the suitcase handle until Eco got closer. The woman suddenly dropped the item, swiftly wrapped her arms around the girl, trapping her in a tight hug. Eco was taken aback at first and didn't know how to react. It was if this was a video game, it'd definitely be a quick time event. She thought to herself. Nevertheless, she hugged her mother back 
and the moment she felt the oxygen leave her lungs, she pushed the woman away. It's going to be fine, ma'am. Shh, she sighed. Growing up is part of life. I'm level 12 now. I feel good about it. I feel pretty good about it. The mother extended her arm, gave her a gentle pat on the back head. I know you'll be fine, dear. I just miss you a lot. Be sure to call me for just at least once a day. All right, promise. Echo mentally rolled her eyes at a dramatic display of affection and tied in a pink bow holding her hair. I will, I will, as long as I don't forget to charge my phone, she mumbled out, reached her suitcase and won her free hand. Both bags were not quite as heavy as she expected, but then again, Eco completely forgot about the fact they are supposed to leave today and a hard time packing after a long night of minus gaming. She knew she had taken everything important, though. Tabletop games, a phone. As long as the computers in the school, she was sure she would have a wonderful time, no matter what happened. After waving goodbye to her mother, escaping another, escaping before the woman could trap her in her tight grasp once again, Eco half drove up the gates to the school. She held a suitcase for her right hand, and where she left was clutching the schoolmate, the phone. When she glanced up, she felt taken aback by the iron gate. It consisted of tall, thin poles and had the school's name written on the top in golden letters. Similar to the badge on her bag. This certainly wasn't creepy at all. Eco society thought to herself, taking a snowpet closer, she stepped stood on her toes in order to look up behind it, searching for anyone to open the gate for her. Isn't this supposed to be your first day at school? Don't tell me I'm about to play a single-player campaign. As if her thoughts had been heard, there was suddenly a loud creak of iron bars started slowly moving to the side. The sound made her physically cringe. It was just like chalk on a blackboard. The girl felt a wave of relief washed over her. Her shoulders slouched, pouched her now, relaxed, even if her eyes kept looking around. There still wasn't anyone there, even after she got inside, hands tightly clutching her bags. She usually wasn't the type to get scared, the whole school. Bedding looked as if it came out of a horror game. There wasn't anything else left to do other than head straight to the vast building that resembled the castle, rather than the school. It definitely did not... It definitely did look interesting, even if the atmosphere around it was dark. A moment Eco walked to the two door, two door doors. They painted a crimson red. They heard a voice called out from the distance. The girl stiffened her. A flight of fight, fight or flight reflexes kicked in until she saw a young woman lightly jog up to her. When she got close enough to the girl, she stopped in her tracks and placed her hands on her thighs in order to catch her breath. It was a nun. It was, there was an awkward silence. Eco could only give her a sceptical stare. One brow raised in confusion. A lips person, a thoughtful brown. Less than a minute later, the woman stood up and arched her back. Welcome to St. Ambrose School. She happily chirped, even if her smile looked fake and didn't reach her eyes. A woman looked much younger than what Eco expected. The fact she had worked with a black veil and a black dress made her look more like the, she had come out of a history book. 
Then again, Eco never met another in real life before. I apologise for being late. I'm Sister Anne, and I was going to talk to Tars. I'm going to Tars to help you feel at him, said Ambrose. Follow me, please. I will show you where the dorms are located. Okay. Eco mumbled out, tilting her head to see the side. Tilting her head to the side, she stood completely still for a few moments, watching the way the black veil flew in the air with a gust of wind past eye. It was chilly. The weather was surprisingly much colder than she expected. She knew that the school's location was deep inside a thick forest, although the lack of sunlight was suspicious. The two females walked in silence in the complete opposite direction to the wide building with red doors. The floor was made out of dull grey concrete, and there great dark leaves everywhere that crunched beneath Eco's shoes, the sound of which was satisfying. We're here, Sister Anne quietly spoke. Her shoes clipped against the concrete, though they weren't nearly as loud as the heels of mother, Eco's mother. mother's. She was standing in front of two vertical buildings that were almost as high as the school itself, opposition motioning to, for Eco to follow her. The left one, she pushed the dark green open, iron door open. The sound was just as bad as the front gate, but the girl grit her teeth and clutched her strap with her school bag. This is your dorm, girl's dorm, the girl woman stated. You'll be staying on the top floor. All the others have already been taken. Eco gave a shrug, even if he knew her sister Anne couldn't see it. The less people that bothered me, the better, she thought to herself. An narrow staircase proved to be a difficult task to complete. By the time the pair of them got up to the top, they were both panting. Eco's wrists felt as if they were about to pop. The suitcase suddenly seemed much heavier than before. Her thighs were burning, and she cursed herself to being so out of shape. I need to put on more points in stamina and strength. They may weakness stats, she mentally noted. This, this is your room, her sister Anne spoke. Between deep breaths, she pulled out a small key with a number 13 and unlocked the door. The woman held the entrance open with her hand and moved to the side so that Eko could enter. Here's your key. Please be careful with it. It aren't any spare ones for the students. The girl nodded. Sure, no problem. She gently grabbed the key and thanked the nun for her help. I have, if you have any questions or what do you want to put a or if you wish, or you want, or you want to report a problem, a school secretary on the right side of the hallway. In a, is, if you have any questions or want to report a problem, the school secretary is on the right side of the hallway in the main building. Sister Anne bowed her head and glanced her hands together. Enjoy your stay, said Bramble's order. Is eternal. Last play made Eco turn around in surprise. When she was about to speak about through though, the nun was already gone. She could hear the echo of her shoes sound from the narrow stairs. All did the turn of her? The girl grinned, funny and making her way inside. She took off her bright pink shoes. She took off her bright pink shoes and placed her suitcase to the side. They could see my room by the time I'm done unpacking. Chaos is eternal. After packing, after packing her school bag into a small bed in the corner of the room, Eco decided to explore her new home. It is worse than expected, much to annoyance. The walls are supposed to be white, but gave off a pastel blue hue. There's only one bedroom window in the room. It's darker, 
them about sight. Ica wasn't tall enough to reach it, which is why she pulled off the had to pull the belly standing wooden chair in order to use its leverage to close it. The chair creaked every each time she moved and shook when she first stood up. She pushed it back to the desk of the opposite corner of the room. The desk itself was just like anything everything so far, extremely small. Needless to say, the air in the room was just as chilly as outside. It stayed that way long after the window was closed. There was an old heater next to the bed. Mika decided not to use it. After turning it on once, it made an unearthly sounds as if possessed by a ghost. The bathroom wasn't anything special either. It looked like any other bathroom except smaller in size. It wasn't any cooking utensils, but Eco didn't mind that, since he wasn't much of into cooking and didn't know how to do it either way. Even again, she never chose cooking as her fashion. It was foreign and scary in her option. Upon finishing the quick tour, the girl made her way back to the suitcase in the hallway. She swiftly carried it over to the bed and started rummaging through the clothes. After carefully taking out her tabletop games and placing them on the desk, she made sure to plug the phone in so it could charge. Right, is it? The mate. As she back open one of her favourite dungeon caller games, there was a siren that sounded through the whole area. Ika almost dropped the phone in surprise. Her stomach twisted in anxiety. Sirens are bad, right? What's going on? Are we under attack? Suddenly the creepy voice sound suddenly this creepy sound stopped. There was a raspy female voice that echoed throughout the air and replaced it. It definitely wasn't Sister Anne. That much Ika was sure of. Dinner time starts in ten minutes. Oh boy, Eko spoke to herself. I sure do love strict timing rules. Chapter 2. Dinner turned out to be a total mess. Eko tried not to think very much about it, though her mind was evil and kept bringing her back to the embarrassing moments. It was about barely 9pm, but all the students were made to go to their dorms, head straight to bed. It wasn't that surprising considering the fact that school stopped, that class started at 6am each day. Eko was completely shocked upon realising that almost, and almost forgot about her making a fool out of herself. Her mind was far too occupied with the horror of lack of sleep. No living, breathing human should be up so early. Eko mentally whined, eyes firmly on the ground. You're difficult students. There were different students that passed by, but thankfully they were fully ignored her existence. This was going something she was used to since primary school. Then again, she was sure that she stuck out compared to the others due to her bright clothes. She was wearing pastel pink t-shirt, along with denim shorts and sneakers. It wasn't so bad, right? Unfortunately, the school's uniform consisted of dull grey clothes and matched the dark material of the clumpers. She stuck out like a toxic animal in the jungle. Did you, did you get yelled at because you caught all your cows? A male voice could be heard behind her. Eco instantly stiffened and straightened her back, turning around so quickly that her neck popped. She thought she, he, he was a priest or nun, about to scold her even further, a poor sort of wound. Upon seeing it was just another normal student, her right, shoulders instantly slouched in relief. It was a boy, around her age, wearing similar glasses. He didn't look anything special, but at least he's wearing the school's uniform, unlike her. Eco sighed. Yeah, 
wouldn't recommend it. I'll go, I'll go over I, soon enough, trust me, the stranger smiled. I don't know if it's make you feel better, but the same thing happened to me yesterday. It's definitely not the best feeling. The girl raised her brow in suspicion before looking the boy up and down. Are you new? she cautiously asked. Yeah, he sighed. Unfortunately, the name's Dixon, by the way. She turned and the kind smile, extending her arm for a handshake. It's nice to meet someone who is new and most likely just in miserable with her. I'm Eco. Dexter firmly shaked her hand and let go before speaking once again. Did you move to Dom's yet? Moving to Dom's yet? He took a step closer in motion for her to continue walking but so they wouldn't be in the middle of the courtyard. Dom's more like prison cells, Eco rolled her eyes. Yep, I did. My room needs a lot of decorating, you know. Even if she delights like small talk, the conversation was putting her mind and body at rest. Dexter chuckled. Same here, same here, same here. Well, at least you weren't forced to sleep outside. I'm pretty sure I would be when I first showed up. There's no way, Eco giggled, covering her mouth with her free hand. That's too much, even for this school. Why are you, why are you here anyway? Boy's side, it was heavy silence for a moment as they both made their way to the boys' dorm. He sat on the bench at the side of the entrance and placed his school bag on the ground. It's not anything special. Winchester, he noted, it's just that my parents are super busy, so it's trouble a lot. I guess they searched for a boarding school, and voila, this is just what they found. Dexter folded his arm across his chest, lips forming a childish pelt. Yeah, it's a nice school. It totally cares about his students. He psychotically spoke. Yanks, he suddenly doesn't like this place. Eco mentally spoke. Sitting on the boy's left side, he put her school bag over her thighs. It could, oh, it could always be worse, he stroked, despite the statement sounding more like a question rather than a confirmation. He took my bow, bow, bow ties, man, Dexter leaned to his head against the concrete wall of the building. My bow ties, he repeated with a raised voice, hands motioning towards in order to show his disdain. They told me they weren't allowed. Why what, what What have they done? Eco couldn't help but raise a brow. Dexter suddenly didn't seem like the type of person even to be interested in former clothing, though she supposed she was she shouldn't judge people based on their appearance, especially since she didn't know anything about him. Then again, the sessions of bow ties is concerning. I'm, I mean, maybe, maybe to deal with a powerful bow tie boss, unless he's tried to school. Bow tie boss? Knew, now Dutch about turned to look at her confused. A boss fight? A girl defensively raised her hands. It's just an idea. So you play video games? A boy thought, thoughtfully hummed, playing it in his hand, his chin. That's pretty good. Eco's face instantly flushed in, in embarrassment. She kept forgetting the past. Most people considered gamers to be lame nerds who shouldn't, who didn't, why, who didn't have social knives. Damn, if I ruined my chance to be cool, she whined. I only play sometimes, you know. I defiantly obsessed or anything. He nervously laughed. Dexter shook his head. Sure, don't believe you. He teased his stick in his tongue out. Don't worry, I like video games. I don't play them often since I like other things, but I don't mind games. He could sigh in relief. I almost thought I ruined everything, she fumbled out, looking, setting a long 
letting out a long sigh of relief. Thankfully, it only took a, a few more minute, moments to get hold of myself. What do you like? She leans forward, glancing at Le- Dexter's face. It's only a fair opinion to know something embarrassing that they both enjoyed. Now it's Dexter's turn to blush with him as embarrassment. Every time he took a girl, told a girl about his interests, the thing always mockingly laughed at him. Comics are cool, I guess. He turned away in a vain attempt to hide his face. Cosplay too, stuff like that. Cosplay? Eco raised her voice, instantly leaning him forwards. She wasn't too big on comic books, but she definitely was a fan of dressing up as a different characters from her video and table book games. I love watching those types of photos. Some people are so talented, it's unreal. Dexter perked up and glanced around in paranoia. There's a group of male students who were heading towards the boys' dorms. Their face was extremely slow, since they were mostly talking with each other. Shh! He put his, in, put his index finger to his lips. Don't let the others hear. Why? Echo tilted her head to the side. The boy sighed. The same reason you got embarrassed when your video game addiction was exposed. It's not an addiction, the girl tried to defy it, defend herself, even if it was an extremely bad liar. Okay, maybe a little bit. Her voice trolled up, off, without thinking too much about it. She pulled out her phone from the front pocket of her school bag and instantly opened up the apps, authenticating her password. She turned on a bright yellow icon in the corner of the screen. The completely went dark for a few seconds. For a logo of the game, King... Killer dragons showed up. Look at this. She started going through the slides and showed up. Showed up. Why can't you be? Can't you be addicted to such a good game? Have you played it as, as much as Dexter wanted to pay attention to the phone screen? He couldn't take glazes away for the group of boys. Are you getting closer by the moment? Maybe we should check it out later. He quietly spoke, reaching for his score bag. Despite he could not, not mean anything about students at St. Ambrose, Dexter was full of the world and the notorious best buddies existed everywhere. Unfortunately, the girl was too busy fixing up her team for the upcoming, upcoming Dragon Dungeon Caller event. Her eyes were glued to the white screen, as if the world had stopped moving around her. She didn't hear. Dexter's worried pleas for them to go back to the dorms. Not to realise that one of the boys had made his way in front of her. The ignorance lasted up until a few rough hands reached her phone in order to safely pry it out of her hands. Eco was completely shaken by surprise. First she thought it was one of the nuns who was keeping watch, though as she glanced up and looked at the glare, she knew it was someone that she didn't see before. A boy was tall, much taller and wider than Dexter. He worked looked like a typical jock. He meant couldn't hide a confusion at first, considering how stuck up the school was, itself was. He didn't think she could see any sporty type person out and about in such a conservative place. The stranger in black hair was slicked back and her hair jet, bright blue eyes in contrast to his tanned skin. His thin lips were pursed in a wicked grin and almost fiddly made him disappear. He had extended one of his hands high up in the air, firmly holding the phone. Eco furrowed her brow in frustration and stood up. Give it back, she spoke, trying to reach out for it in her own arm. Unfortunately, it wasn't even close. It's mine. 
You know, it's been a while since I've had a phone. Well, he spoke as if he was having a normal conversation as friends. Yours looks pretty nice, too. One of the few new models, I presume. Give it back, Eco raised her voice, glaring daggers into her twisted face. She stood up on her toes, lightly jumped, but her body moved his hand away in order to prevent her from getting the advice. He laughed in her face. Oh, else what? Little Miss Colourful. Is going to tell a teacher? Do you know what's going to happen if they find out right? You'll be by by phone. Eco's expression turned quickly from anger to confusion and disbelief. She quickly glanced over to the side in order to look at Dex, whose face was propelled. He gave her a nod and confirmed that the bully had said what the bully had said. She let out a sigh of frustration and sat down in such force that he shook the whole bench. She folded her arms against the chest. What do you want from me? Are you really that stupid? The boy shook his hand. I want your phone, huh? He held a device in front of her face in order to talk to her. This time, Eco managed to get a call. Even if her stomach was burning from anger, her face was red from frustration, she felt. Unless you want to lose your phone till summer vacation, you'll lend it to me. That's what friends are for, right? Oh, come on, man. Leave her alone, Dexter finally spoke up. Even his voice was shaky. But he laughed even louder. His voice echoed throughout the area. Look, you decide to speak up. I thought the cat got your tongue, Dexter. He mockly said, Now, unless you want the same thing that yesterday, for yesterday to happen to you again, you keep your mouth shut. There's no way no one gets hurt. All right? Eco kept glancing between Dexter and the full bully, face worried and anxious. I'll just head back to my dorm, she quietly spoke, grabbing her school bag as she stood up. She knew that no matter what she did, said or did, would make things worse, even if Dexter didn't do anything to help her. She didn't want to get him to get hurt. The girl thought about it. wasn't It wouldn't get worse than the first day of school, but she certainly wasn't. She certainly was wrong. Chapter three. Eco popped, plopped face first into the soft sheets of the narrow bed, small room. She didn't bother taking off her shoes. She was completely done with Saint Ambrose's students. In fact, it's only the beginning made a fume for rage. She pushed herself up in order to grab the pillow and covered her face with it, screaming with all her might. The sound was muffled, even from when and then and when she was done, she turned her knob back and stared at the ceiling and focused eyes, the corners of eyes, stung from tears of threatening to fall, as she kept taking deep breaths in order to keep calm herself down. After wiping her eyes with her forearm, she pushed herself out of the sitting position and glanced at a nearby suitcase. The stickers served as a reminder of her past, and she couldn't help but glare at them when she made her way to the case. Eco sat on the floor, opened a zipper, and the sound of which was the only thing that could be heard in the deathly silence. It was now fully dark. There wasn't any birds or students outside, and even if the people had a conversation in front of the doors, the girl wouldn't be able to hear them due to being so high up. I just got... I got scolded because there's this ugly thing, Eco mumbled out of herself before pulling out the dull grey uniform. She held it in front of her face for a few de- moments, they carefully inspecting the details or lack of. At least the pink parts do well with my bow, she sighed, one hand reaching for the back of her head. She pulled the bow, let her face fall loose, even as she feeling a monster looming in. The girl shook her head and stood up from the floor, pushing her suitcase 
and she threw him on top of the side with her foot. As Eco made her way out to the desk, she noticed it's around, noticed the alarm clock in the corner of the leaf was welcome. Frustration deep inside was far from disappearing. Eco put down the uniform, gazed and thought moving forward towards a high yet small window on top of a bed. The leaves with one of the taller trees could be seen if it's if a shadow of the of as if it was a shadow of, of she hadn't seen it before, surprisingly. By eyes narrowly down in the glare of displeased it was barely nine PM. There's no way she would take me able to fall asleep, especially not without a phone or laptop that she hadn't left home. She used to she used to heading to bed extremely late sleeping throughout most of the day. The seat schedule was going to even get even worse during some vacations since there was no school to keep her on track. And whenever she didn't sleep, she usually watched game play videos. Now, she left on her own devices. The only type of games she had available were Dabodot, but if it was impossible to play with only one person, but those that were impossible to play with one person, maybe Dexter would want to play with me. She thought, glancing at the suitcase. No, she thought, shook her head. Not after today. It was just like the rest of them. Eco sat down on the wooden chair and placed her elbow over the desk, placed, putting her chin in the palm of her hand. I need to get my home back, she quietly spoke, dragging the nails of her free hand in a circle of motion. The girl's eyes were narrowed down, lips formed a growl, a tired sigh echoed throughout the empty Mostly empty room as Eco extended both arms over the desk and placed her forehead over them. This is so, so this is so not fair. I thought she for the girl. Life wasn't a game. It didn't have a set rules that everybody was made to follow. They did, if they didn't want to be banned, people were free to do all their own personalities, treat others the way they wanted. But Eco couldn't believe that some people chose to be mean to others out of their own free will. It just didn't make any sense. Why couldn't all the bullies mind their own business? That's what she had done throughout a bigger portion of her life. Everyone would have been fine up to now. Before Eco knew it, she drifted off into a light sleep. She could, she would like to have at least used the comfortable look looking bed. But before she could gather the strength to get up from the desk, she dozed off on the top of her arms. It's hard not to be sleepy without anything to do. Boredom was a powerful enemy. The adrenaline from the face off with a bully had also left her body, leaving out, leaving out its mentally and physically exhausted.